It's the clash of the table toppers in the Premier League this weekend. OTB Sports Radio, the only place to hear live and exclusive radio commentary of Manchester City versus Liverpool on Sunday. The Football Show on Off the Ball. With Sky, watch Premier League, Women's Super League, EFL, Scottish Premiership, and much more live on Sky Sports. I'm prepared to end it my can. Well, do it then. Do it then. What about your start to the game? I was, it wasn't bad, was it? <laughs> Why should it be an honest answer be a mistake? How can a modern day manager not have a mobile phone? Why should he? And you're welcome back to Off the Ball here on News Talk. Off the Ball Saturday, and John Duggan with you through until eight this evening on an extended show because we're going to bring you live commentary later of Munster's game away to Exeter in the Champions Cup. But right now, this is Football Saturday. Remember, football on Off the Ball brought to you by Sky. Don't miss Villa versus Spurs on Saturday Night Football live only on Sky Sports. You can text us five three one zero six. Tweet us at Off the Ball. Listen on News Talk. Watch us on the digital and social channels for Periscope and Twitter at Off the Ball, YouTube, Facebook, and on the OTB Sports app. We're joined in studio by Johnny Ward. The broadcaster and journalist and on the line as well by the former Republic of Ireland international David Myler and the UEFA Pro Licence coach Shane Keegan David and Shane how are we getting on? Not too bad at all JD yourself? Yeah good good lads good and good lads yeah no all, all good all good are we speaking to Johnny there before the race um, the Grand National is 5.15 he's got Longhouse Poet David would you have a flutter on the National? Every year? I do, yeah. Um, no, not every year. My daughter's picked out Dingo Dollar and yeah. my son has picked out Eclair Surf. So oh. um, they're the winners. Chance. Eclair Surf's got a chance, definitely. And Dingo Dollar ran well last year in the Scottish National. Shane Keegan, are you one of these people who gets involved in the National? Oh, I certainly am, John. Yeah, I have two done, uh, Commodore, and I'm the same as Johnny. I'm on Longhouse Poet as well, so I am. But I was amazed to hear Johnny say he's never he's never had the winner in... Uh, no, you I was I was... Twi- you'll be, you're, you're the expert. You'll tell me what year this was, but I remember being 20 years, of age, 20 years old, and I was uh, set to fly off to Australia for a year on the Monday. And on the, on the Saturday, I had 20 quid on Red Marauder at 33 to 1. Gave me 660 euro into my pocket just when I needed it heading off for Australia, John. Ah, oh, brilliant stuff. So 2001, and it was in probably the worst conditions I've ever seen for a horse race. That's right. 2001. It didn't bother me. Yeah. Yeah, no, that, that, that's already out for a few Fosters and uh, 4Xs. I, lo- I love, the way, sure I love the way Shane Shane says, oh, I was 20. You can do the math, Shane, and work out the year. You know how old you are. <laughs> what are you you don't need to show your age. <laughs> yeah. you know. that is a valid point that is a valid point yeah. David yeah. don't be looking for the lads for a bit of uh, help to remember the year yeah this is the problem when you're on the wrong side of 40 <laughs> lads I can tell you that for, for nothing well the wrong the wrong side of 40 isn't necessarily being in your early 40s it's been like you know your late oh, 40s so, I so was, as in like yeah if you're early 40s okay, well, that's alright then that's, that's, yeah. that's definitely giving me yeah. some solace and comfort here today better, better off being 41 than you know not being there so you know lots lots yeah, of positives yeah no, no no it's great to be alive um, it's great to be Frank Lampard as well uh, today lads 1-0 for Everton over Man United he's given it the big one uh, he's not going to get sacked now uh, David, um, I saw Seamus Coleman, your buddy there, giving it, uh, socks to the fans. And uh, he didn't play against Burnley. And it's good, good, important to have Seamus there today because Everton need fight. They need battle. Yeah, no, they do. Um, and that's something Seamus brings in abundance. Um, certainly, with, you know, you looked at Everton, you, you're looking around that team and you're kind of saying, who's going to roll their sleeves up? And I don't think anyone would question Seamus and his character. Um, I think he's pivotal to them. You can see from his performance today, even at the end there, running over, I imagine his wife and kids were there. Uh, he was blowing a few kisses to the crowd, but 
excellent performance. And, you know, I think the players feed off that. And I, I do think when he doesn't play, they miss him. It's really important for them to have those kind of Saturday lunchtime games. It seems to me that it's a club that wants to, you get the atmosphere going. I, I don't know from playing there if you'd feel the same, David, but it, they need to kind of thrive off something because if they're, if, they're, if they're not, then it can go south pretty quickly. Like any time I've ever played there, it's always been a very difficult place to go. Um, first time I kind of played there would have been under David, when they were under David Moyes. It was always a horrible place to go. You know, it's one of those old traditional grounds. Um, it's tight to the pitch. You know, the old Evertonians are are loud and they're vocal. And I think they've kind of almost lost a bit of that this season. Um, and you could certainly see from today that, you know, the crowd got behind them. But it also comes down to the players have got to give the crowd something to get behind. Um, and you could see that even towards the end there with Damari Gray making blocks and tackles and all that. That's the fight you need when you're in a relegation battle. Everyone's got to, you know, roll their sleeves up. Everyone's got to be willing to do their bit, you know, for the cause. And and certainly that performance is something to build on after the disappointment against Burnley. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of speculating here, but like the atmosphere at a lot of Premier League games is not great. And a lot of it is day trippers and all that. But like Liverpool is a proper working class city. And I'd say Everton fans are basically, an awful lot of them are just local hardcore Everton but it's fans. The people's, it's the people's the club. Pe- the people's club. Like, yeah. And um, <laughs> like it's always struck me of the grounds in the Premier League. It's basically well up there in terms of noise. And the place was rocking today. Like it really does matter to them. And like for Everton to get relegated would be a horrible thing. And it, 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 it kind of, like some of these early games, Jody, there's no atmosphere at all at them it's kind of like slumber but there was, there was the place was alive today and it's a fascinating narrative I mean before we even get to Man United um, that Seamus Coleman could hopefully you know help uh, Everton stay up and, and Lampard in his job but like it, Everton, Goodison Park is a proper proper football ground and a throwback to the old days but they're fighting for their lives because they haven't been in this yeah. position uh, these players just Shane yeah yeah, there was only 30,000 in it today. I couldn't get over that. Now, I know I know, Goodison is only 40,000 capacity, but there was only 30,000 people there. That seemed an unbelievably low attendance at a Premier League game against Manchester United to me. You can somewhat understand it if it was against less glamorous, a less glamorous side, but that I, must I be found a mistake, that extremely Shane, low when it was announced. Yeah, I'd say that must be a mistake. 31,000 31, was announced over the Tannoy, Johnny. Wow. Okay, well, we'll, we'll yeah, check we'll that out. We'll, that, we'll clarify yeah. that and see what the, what the deal was. But ultimately, yeah. they won. Uh, why did they win, Cheng? Why did they win? Because a couple of individuals, for a start, I suppose, had, had, had really, really good games. Obviously, the, the goal scorer, Gordon, was, was really, really excellent. Um, the left back, um, Mikelenko, if I'm yeah. pronouncing it right, I thought he was very, very good as well, David. I don't know what you thought. Fabian Delph mm. Um, mm. was another one who had a good game, but... I hate to say it because there's there's very few players in the Premier League that really really make my make me grit my teeth when I look at them. But uh, Jordan Pickford is top of that list. I have to say, I just he just rubs me up the wrong way. I don't know the man at all, but just the appearance of him. But he was excellent today. He was excellent to say today. He made three really really top notch saves for them, um, and that that had a huge huge role in it. But look, they were they were they were decent today. Um, I would put the result down more to the failings of Manchester United than I would to any tremendous performance from Everton uh, we can get into the United side of things in a minute but um, look Everton did enough and uh, but but it was it was Pickford who got him over the line for me Yeah and Delph came into the middle because he hasn't been playing a lot recently David No he hasn't that's his first game since December um, and I thought he was excellent um, obviously I think it was Martin Keown um, gave him man of the match but I definitely think his performance was controlled. He was disciplined, um, broke up the you know the broke up United's flow well, won the ball back, kept it simple when he was on the ball. 
you can it's one of those JD where you see you see a player with experience kind of coming in and adding a bit of calmness um, and he certainly had that in his performance and look you could kind of go through all the Everton players I think there was there was a lot more fighting character in them you know when balls coming into the box you see the defenders heading balls blocking them um, and they were they were they were good value uh, five three one zero six. Jay's lads, wrong side of your forties in your fifties. Um, <laughs> and uh, classic Shane Keegan. John wins a small fortune, leaves the country, so doesn't have to buy anybody a pint. <laughs> <laughs> Adrian and Leash. Shane's not the worst for buying a pint. To be fair, uh, that's classic. That's a classic. Um, oh, I, I think you, you might know Adrian Leash. I, I'm sure you, you know he wouldn't. Text I do. Him. Yeah, I, yeah. Another another Spurs fan, John. Another oh, Spurs well. fan. Uh, Marcus Alonso, by the way, scored for Chelsea. They're one 0 up uh, away to Southampton. Uh, David, um, you've been in this kind of position before. Uh, are there things that are there do's and don'ts in terms of a player's mentality when it's coming to survival and staying up and 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 doing the right things? Because Burnley the other night had the fight. Everton had it today. Leeds are not safe completely. They're playing at the moment. Um, I thought it was interesting what Sean Dyche said because he didn't think Everton were up for it the other night. He didn't feel that he knew a way to win. Uh, when when you get uh, the error to thin, thinner air, are there things you need to do as a player? Do the basics, right, JD? Yeah. Um, you know, that's a lot of it comes down to that. Lads end up trying to be better than they are or trying harder than they can instead of just... It's, like, you look at Bruno today, he's doing everything everywhere instead of doing his own job in, you know, in that number 10 and being creative. He's kind of popping up, getting the ball off the back four. It kind of ends up like when you're in a relegation battle... Lads, you just need to do your job and you need to identify if I'm a defender, if I'm a fullback, I go up against my winger. You know, you look at that and I can I get the better of him? Um, that was the kind of stuff we always lent against. Am I doing my job and being, you know, getting on top of the other midfielder um, and stuff like that? Because it is tough. You know, the games are running out. And if you haven't won enough games all season, you know, Sean Dyche's comment, I would say, was more for the Burnley players to kind of rally them up as opposed to a dig at Everton. Um but there's going to be all things said, you know. Um, like you imagine, even a half time today, Frank would have been saying all sorts to Everton about United, saying that they don't fancy it. They're a team of individuals, etc. Just to fire your own group of lads up, it's just then it kind of gets leaked out and comes out. Um, but certainly, in a relegation battle, you have to be pulling your own weight, and it's going to be difficult. There's going to be times when you're making mistakes, um, but you've got to roll your sleeves up. I've said that several times there. I saw Joe Malloy texting or tweeting that he's, you know, he made the decision to watch Manchester United on a Saturday. That's a decision I won't be making again, something to that effect. Like, Man United fans texting in, is this like the most depressed you've basically ever been following the club? Like, it was just uh, so poor, JD. They've more or less blown their, their Champions League credentials now, it looks like anyway. Uh, Baron, um, a miracle. As, as, as David says a sort of a team of individuals in fairness in the first half they should have been ahead but I don't know it's really really grim Patrick's been in touch in 53106 Ronaldo's like a black hole that sucks the energy from all around him just so he can shine brighter he was poor but they all were yeah they all yeah. were and, they, and that's the thing is United United yeah. probably the best thing for them is not to get European football and it's 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 the hit reset um, I tweeted about it there I think that you look at Manchester United and the great history the club have and they've got an interim manager you know they're kind of waiting until the summer and then he's going upstairs it's just the whole thing is just a mess and this United now need no European football they need to clear out I said about 8 players but there could be I don't know 12 to 13 what age um, would you get rid of David? 
What players? Yeah, if you're talking eight off the top of your head. Um, I keep the hair. Um, I keep Maguire. People would say, okay, I'd say that because I played with him and he's a pal of mine. But I think he's going through. He's struggling massively with confidence. Um, and I think everything is just going wrong from the moment. But I do think he'll come out the other side. Um, I'd move Lindelof on. I'd move Wambasak on. I'd move Tellez. Um, I'd move Pogba. I'd move Matic. Uh, what's that five? Um, I'd move Cristiano. Yeah. I'd move Cristiano. Um. I still think I, I I I'd stick with Rashford. Um, I wouldn't get rid of him. I think Jesse Lingard needs to go. Um, Juan Mata. Um, do, 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 do. What about David, the midfielders? David Pogba. What David, about the two? Yeah. Um, can the, I throw? Go on, Shane. Can I throw that to David? Like I don't know if you, if you zoned in on it, but given that you you would have played in a similar position, I thought Nemanja Matic was a disgrace for the goal today. He gave the ball away. I have no problem with that. That happens. The effort that he made, mm. like if you're a professional footballer and you give the ball away, you spend the next 30 seconds crossing your fingers that the ball doesn't uh, end up in the back of the net and busting your arse to get back into position to try and ensure that the ball doesn't end up in, in the back of the net. He gave the ball away and I, I like, oh my, his attempt to get back into his position. He was in first gear, first gear the whole way, jog back, and they're on the attack, and they're on the attack, and I'm looking and I'm going, how are you not bursting to get back here? And by the time he eventually does get back, it's too late, and he gets a little toe poke in, and that deflects it out to the goal scorer. If he'd made a proper effort to get back, I couldn't believe how lazy he was in trying to redeem himself after giving the ball away. He, it was awful. Yeah, no, it was. Um, and it's also a case of as well, Shane, that... I I often look at a group of players and if they're all pulling in the same direction, you know, if it, can if someone makes a mistake, you can't let it lead to two or three mistakes and then it ends up in an opportunity for your opposition where they might score or whatever. But if a team is all pulling together and I see my pal making a mistake, I'm going to dig him out and I'm going to graft so then he can get in. I understand that what you're saying because Matic at that moment should, you know, break a gut to get back and get back into position and mm. try and win the ball back. But at the same time, you're looking kind of, can one of my teammates dig me out here? You know, I've made a mistake. I'm out of position, and at the moment, that's that's United's biggest problem. It's just a group of a group, sorry, of individuals just doing their own thing, and there's just no flow. There's no there's no effort in them. Um, they just need a massive reset. Let's hear now uh, from Frank Lampard, who was speaking to BT after Everton's one 0 win over Man United. Um, you know, pressure times, you know, where we are, the reality of the situation. Um, Goodison, we've been good. I think that's our fifth win in seven. And good clean sheets, we're getting clean sheets at home. So away from home is a different aspect, but at the same time, when we come together, like I said before the game, with fans and players alike, then we're hard to beat here. And, and, and the, it's, it always starts with our physical output and our contact and our fighting spirit because that's what fans demand here. Rightly so. When you give them that, you give yourself a chance. And we did that from, from minute one till minute 95. And then you make your own luck or whatever you want to call it. When um, It's not luck. Jordan makes a great save, but things like that have been going against us. We get a deflection goal. I scored a load of those in my career, but we haven't been getting them here recently. So you fight for that. And the will and desire from the crowd feeds to the players, the players feed it back. It's mm. a little circle going there. Yeah, but it, it does start with us. And the, and the crowd were great straight away, but you know, they could easily switch off a bit or, or get tetchy if they see people not, not working. And you know what? When you're not playing at your best, the reality of football is, and we've all been there as people involved in the game, that you have to fight through it. And you, know, you, might, you might give a ball away. You might, it might look like you, you, you don't 
you're not at it for a second. The only way to get it back round is to, to fly in and make a tackle, like in the build-up to the goal. But as soon as the goal goes in, my thought goes straight to a, a Dominic tackle in midfield or, or Delph or, or Alan, whoever it was, those sort of moments for me. In, in the position we're in, beautiful football can come later on. I've got I've got ambitions at this club to, to stay up, move on, play well, change some things. But in the position we're in, fighting comes first and foremost. Absolutely, we saw that. And Anthony Gordon, he's one of the happy stories of the season for Everton, isn't he? Yeah, because he's a, he's a top young player with a great attitude, a great hunger. He loves the club. He loves coming to training every day. He loves the idea of scoring goals and making assists. And, and he's on himself that if he doesn't do that, he wants more, which is brilliant to see in a young player. It's a difference. It's a difference to the great batch of young players that we have in this country of Mason Mounks. I work with him. You look at Foden from outside. They have this extra attitude that makes them what they are. And, and he's one of those. And you had the experience alongside. And Fabian Delft's influence was, was obvious today. Yeah, and we've missed him. You know, it's, um, it's something that goes unnoticed. And every club and every manager will bemoan it. We've got injuries. We've got problems and these things. But with, our, with the, the, the attributes and balance of our squad, if we have one or two defensive midfield players out for whatever reason, it's tough for us because we don't, we don't have them there. And, you know, you can take for granted when, when you have that. So Delphi gave us some, a sense of calm, a positional, um, positional behaviours in terms of a, a centre-back gets dragged out, he's dropped straight into the back four, things that he does naturally. And he was great today. And uh, you can get his well-deserved rest. I saw his interview there. He can get his, he can get his rest for a few days. Richarlison, keepy uppies as well. You don't often see that in the relegation no, scrap. No, no I'm, I was ready to go all old school on him and tell him <laughs> off for that. But I'm not going to because he runs as he does here. The fans love him because he gives everything and he runs five little keepy uppy headers. Not for me if he gives it away after that, but he had a, he had a good day. Everyone rolled their sleeves up now. So Leicester, Liverpool, Chelsea, still plenty to do. There's loads to do. It's one win. It's one win. And we, you know, we, we should have got a result in the week. And it, you know, we sit there and say, oh, if only, because we should have got a result in performance levels. And we didn't. And that's the reality when things go against you. You have to keep going. It's not easy when you wake up the next morning after Burnley. And my, my job, first and foremost, is to lift everyone, be positive with everyone, try and go again. But they were a good lad. They were a good bunch in that dressing room. You know, seeing them, feeling the way they talk after um, and what they want. Some people question that about these players here. Come and watch his play today. And bodies on the line. Damari Gray making blocks in front of Jordan at the end. They were, they were a good bunch. But yes, one win. Got a lot to do. Yeah, 53106 here. Text Everton are still going down. JD United are dreadful. I really wouldn't read anything into the result. Burnley will beat Norwich uh, tomorrow and go one point behind again. Plus, they've got the easier run in. Fingers crossed Everton go down, and that'll be the end of that. Club, says Pat, who might be a, a Liverpool fan <laughs> given the state of that text here on 53106. Uh, David Myler, like for Frank Lampard, he's got to keep them up, and then he has to see where he goes in his managerial career because he doesn't want it over before it starts. No, 100%, J.D. Um, it was interesting listening to Damien Delaney. Uh, he yeah. was on the last few days, and I agree with Damien. I think Frank probably underestimated the job a bit. Um, he probably came in with his ideas of being able to play through in football and be able to you know, change the kind of philosophy there and the culture, but they were in a massive relegation battle, um, and he's probably only seeing it now, like in the last probably two games, that we just need to stay up. Uh, get to the summer and then he can, you know, look to bring in some new players, freshen up a little bit, move on some older players and then, you know, change, try and change and push forward for next season. Let's hear now from Ralph Rangnick who uh, spoke to VT after the defeat to Everton. Second half, we were trying to add more creativity and more verticality with our substitutions, but uh, didn't always find and choose the right moment or the right uh, didn't take the right decision. Um, and yeah, in the end, couldn't couldn't score a single goal in 95 minutes, as I said. Yeah, and their goal, of course, changed the dynamic inside the stadium as well. They got a real groundswell from the for Goodison Park crowd. 
yeah, but that was clear that that happened. That, that therefore it would have been important to score the first goal ourselves, and this should have happened in the first half hour. Uh, and if not, it doesn't make life any easier for us. He was searching for a, a way through. Is that why Juan Mata came on? That's his first Premier League start uh, appearance this season. Yes, as I said, I mean, we had to, to do something uh, because we needed a goal and I decided to bring with him more creativity in midfield and more verticality with Anthony Alanga. But uh, obviously they were defending with uh, all their field, field players in the last uh, 35, 40 minutes and we didn't find uh, uh, we did we didn't find the right player at the right moment and um, had enough not all not always enough players in the box when we played our crosses into the box and, and just around the club at the moment that everyone's waiting for big decisions to come is is there any sense that you feel that that you're in limbo at the moment the distractions going on no, I don't think that this should be an excuse to nobody. I mean, we're Manchester United, all the players, we have a lot of international players. This cannot be an alibi or an excuse to nobody. We shouldn't be distracted by that. I mean, there will be a new manager next season. And if this is being announced now or in 10 or in 14 or in 20 days, um, should have no effect to a, to a game like this one today. You talked about get vital three points today and for the rest of the season. Is, is the top four gone now? We've, we've spoken about that uh, qu quite a few times. I mean, we are dependent on the other results, but as long as we don't win our own games, uh, we will never have good results from the other teams. So the only thing that we can do is stick together. Um, now we have Fred injured on top of Scott McTominay. That means both defensive sixes might be injured, um, hopefully not for too long. Um, yeah, and that's, this, that's all we can do and then prepare for the Norwich game. Thank you very much, Ralph. Thank you. Ralph Rangnick speaking to BT there after United lost 1-0 to Everton today. Chelsea already 3-0 up away to Southampton with Marcus Alonso, Mason Mount and Timo Werner on the mark and a huge goal for Leeds. 1-0 up away to Watford through Rafinha. Uh, Arsenal nil, Brighton nil as a latest score. If you're a professional footballer, David, is it the case with this guy, Rangnick, as nice as he might be, as whatever uh, cultured as he might be in his, his past, that they're just looking beyond him here and maybe they're thinking about the summer holidays? Um, like, I find it very interesting listening to him there um, what he's saying in terms of you know the, whether the new manager's appointed in the next week or two weeks or whatever all those players are playing for the Manchester United careers um, you know do you want to stay at a, an iconic club you might feel but how many of those players could go and potentially play for any other club one of the top clubs uh, in Europe and you look around like Cristiano is the only one you could probably say almost maybe Pogba to a certain extent but like Cristiano now is what 37 38 he's not got long left in him so like it's not a case if you can be looking towards your summer holidays maybe maybe they are JD um I only know a handful of them as as you know as uh, lads but certainly in my own experience I'd be thinking like I want to stay at this great club I need to do I need to do more um I need to be working harder I need to be performing better um and that's the kind of the, the position that they'll find themselves in. You may, you mentioned Harry Maguire, um, David. Like, how much of a con how much of a concern is it that he will struggle to actually ever get over the situation he's in now? I mean, today was just very unlucky, but hmm. for his mentality and like, like you can just imagine. I'm sure he's he's trying to block out social media. You can imagine he's going through first world hell at the moment. Yeah, um, I actually, do you know what, Johnny? I spoke to him uh, last week. Um, I just fired him a few texts, like to say, like, keep going. Um, and, like, don't get me wrong, I'm not going to break into, you know, down into detail what we went through, but it, it is very difficult on him because, like, you see social media say today that the, you know, 
he's trying to block Anthony Gordon's shot and the ball comes off him and it goes into the back of the net. He's just at, he's at a point in his career where no matter what he tries to do, everything is going wrong. Mm. Um, obviously, then when he played with England, you know, he had a very good performance, um, which you're kind of you're kind of looking at, why can't you put those in for United? But I think it's, he's in a team at United where everybody is struggling. Everybody is looking at themselves kind of like, I could be doing more, things aren't great for me. And it's kind of like dog eat dog where everyone's kind of concentrating themselves um, as opposed to kind of pulling together. Like you've seen, I presume you've seen the stuff with Alfonso Davis come out there recently on social media. Um, it's just coming from all angles at him and it will be tough on him um, mentally but that's what I kind of said when I when I listed off the players of you know who who I would like to see well who I'd like to see or who I think United should push on I do think there's enough character in Harry that he can turn it round um, but the longer it goes on it's going to become more and more difficult for him Do you need, do you need a manager then I wonder to sort of put your you need a you need a culture reset, don't you, at uh, Old Trafford, David? Like Pogba and Ronaldo can't be there for Eric Ten Hag. Like if Eric Ten Hag wants to start off and have a blueprint for the next five years, he has to be able to pick who he wants. He can't have uh, every single week people being unhappy in the back pages of the newspapers. Uh, and to me, it sounds like there's a toxic culture to a degree at Manchester United. Um, that's what I would have observed over the last few months. Maybe I'm wrong, but uh, the decisions at the top haven't been good for many years now, nine years since they won the league, and they just need to completely clean house. Yeah, I don't know, 100% they do. Um, I think there's far too many egos, and I think I think the, the signing of Ronaldo has kind of... Don't get me wrong. It's very difficult to criticise someone who is so good for so long. But it, you can but if, like, you can if he doesn't fit. Yeah, but he doesn't fit, and that's evident in their performances this year. Um, he scored like good goals for them in important games that get them over the line. There's no doubt, and Cristiano will do that. But it seems almost the team have shrunk with him that they don't know how to play with him. They probably don't know how to deal with him, how to talk to him. Because he's such an iconic figure of the game. Um, and I think a lot of them can't deal with the pressure of playing with Cristiano Ronaldo. You look at Bruno. Bruno was obviously, when he signed in that January, like the next 18 months of Bruno were unbelievable. But then we all looked at, you know, you know, you look at Bruno playing with Portugal. It just never worked with him and Cristiano. And you can see that. I don't know what their relationship is like. I don't know how well they get on or whatever off the pitch. But you can see that. Bruno was the main man for such a long time at United and then Cristiano comes and it's like you know the Premier League you knew they went over the top with everything obviously even even them changing the rules for um, Cristiano to get number seven because obviously the shirt numbers have been done they've been submitted then Cavani obviously said Cristiano can have seven I'll wear my international number all those small details that we've got someone who's just so iconic that I don't think I don't think the players can step up to his level or get anywhere near him and I, I've I feel that they can't deal with that pressure. Lots of text in here on 5-3-1-6 from United fans. Uh, United could be uh, this bad and still qualify for the Champions League under new rules. All the uproar about the Super League and we're getting one now. The only difference is it's owned by UEFA, says Rory. Uh, lads, it was not a single player in Man United's first title winning side under Ferguson that he started his first game with. Admittedly, Robson was injured that first match. The same applies now. Your next United Premier League winning side, which will be within five to six years, club is uh, too big not to win one in that time frame, will not have a single player that play today. 
Uh, how can United hope to improve until their transfer policy changes? Who's buying these players with no obvious strategy about how to play, says Pat. Man United need to clear out the boardroom, including Rangnick and Alex Ferguson. They do their job and then they go. And also an Everton uh, text here on from Patrick. They cannot go into next season with this manager and players, Frank Lampard. It'll be the same story otherwise. Eric Ten Hag, Shane Keegan. I know he's done well at Ajax, but this is this is the big leagues. This is one of the biggest clubs in the world and all the circus that accompanies it. And all the Man United players from the golden era that have a football industry around them. Gary Neville, Rio Ferdinand, Paul Scholes, just to name three. Yeah, I... I look, he's got a massive, massive job in his hands, Jetty. I, I would disagree. I think your middle... The, the three texts you read out there, the middle texter might have been who said they're, they're too big of a club not to uh, to win a league title in the next five years. I, I, I would disagree with that completely. I, w- I would be amazed if Manchester United won a Premier League title in the next five years, to be honest with you. They're, they're a million miles behind where, where City or Liverpool are at the moment. And I think it's a, I think it's a really, really long-term job in terms of... Certainly in terms of trying to reach that level, trying to reach... The very very summit I mean they have a lot of work to do just to get their own house in order right I think it could take two to three seasons just for them to get a proper competitive team in all areas of the field back on the pitch and then that then throw on top of that the fact that you're you're trying to reel in two teams that are the two best teams in world club football at the moment like they are there's absolutely no doubt they are with the two best managers probably in world club football at the moment so i i can't see how how they make up that gap in those four or five years um look i think they're going to have to give the, the the new manager a hell of a lot of time he comes in with a good pedigree but as you say a good pedigree at a at a very 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 different level um but i, I think they really really are gonna have to almost almost say regardless of results for the next 18 to 24 months they were putting complete and utter faith in this man we're going to back him in the transfer market we're going to go with everything he goes because if it's just chop and change chop and change chop and change it, it, it's they're, they're going to get absolutely no closer than, than they are at the moment to the, to, the, to the big two and as I say that is a million miles off Is it that bleak David Myler? It is but uh, Manchester United um, are so used to winning Okay, right, you can go on. It's nine years since they won the Premier League title, but they're so used to it. There's that history and that club is so iconic that I agree with Shane that if they bring in a new manager, they have to give him time and he he needs to be able to implement his style. But Manchester United fans might say that, no, okay, we understand that. But you know once the next season kicks off, United are United and they want to be challenging. They want to be pushing Liverpool. They want to be pushing Manchester City. They want to be competing on all fronts. It's such a tricky thing to, you know, find the balance of. Um, but it is, like, the scary thing is, like, it took, you know, Liverpool 30 years to win the Premier League. You know, United are about to reach, like, 10. It could be another 10 or 15 years before United are back up there, unless they sort this situation out in the next, you know, 6 to 12 months. Well, there you go, David Myler, 53106 United fans, if you want to react to that. Brighton have scored. They've scored away to Arsenal. Uh, through Leandro Trossard so that is a crucial goal in the race for the top four and Chelsea have scored a fourth goal away to Southampton through Kai Havertz so they're really bouncing back after that defeat to Brentford Watford nil Leeds 1 
in the Premier League with Rafinha on the mark. Villa versus Spurs is a half-five start in the Championship. Sheffield United nil, Bournemouth nil is a result. Blackburn won, Blackpool nil is the latest score. It is Bristol City nil, Peterborough nil. Middlesbrough nil, Hull nil. It is Millwall won, Barnsley nil. It's Nottingham Forest won, Birmingham City nil. Preston and QPR is goalless. Reading lead Cardiff by a goal to nil. It's Swansea 2, Derby 1 and West Brom nil, Stoke 1. And in the Champions Cup, Toulouse 7, Ulster 7 in the first half. Off the ball Saturday News Talk is back after this. And you're welcome back to Off the Ball Saturday here on News Talk. John Duggan with you through until 8 o'clock this evening, an extended show because we're going to have live commentary later of Munster's match away to Exeter in the Champions Cup. You can text us 53106, tweet us at Off the Ball. It's Football Saturday at the moment with David Myler, the former Republic of Ireland international, Johnny Ward, the broadcaster and journalist, and the UEFA Pro Licence coach, Shane Keegan. Uh, you can watch us on the digital and social channels as well as listening to us on the radio on News Talk. Man United losing 1 0 to Everton in the Premier League earlier on today. 53106, Ronaldo will be gone next year. Surely he's got a get out clause of no Champions League football. Say what you want, but nobody's got more match winning goals in the league or knockout Champions League football than the number seven, says Brian. Uh, hi, John. United's biggest issue is a lack of trust in the academy, a net spend of a billion, wages out of control. There's just no hunger. Look at the bench. There's no academy players. The club's history is based on trusting the youth sides. The club is rotten. Don't get me started on Darren Fletcher sitting on the bench. What's his role? We'll win nothing in the next five years. That's from Bobby in Limerick. Surely anyone that's got Pogba and Ronaldo as the top paid players at the club and thought Conte was a bad idea must surely fail the fit and proper person test in the Premier League rules, says Aaron. A bit of a tongue-in-cheek text there on 53106. Is Eric Ten Hag big enough for Man United, David Myler? Um, yes, at the moment, yes, he is. Um, it's such a difficult job to go into because everything is all over the place. Obviously, he's had great success at Ajax, but, you know, the philosophies of the clubs, the standards of the leagues, um, the expectations are so different. Um, the pressure, you know, at Manchester United is, is 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 hard. You know, you've seen so many managers after Sir Alex struggle with that. Um, is he the right appointment? Only time will tell. Um, it's just the case of who else is out there. You know, the, the, people mention Pochettino. Um, I imagine a lot of, you know, the hierarchy in the United um, are probably kicking themselves. They didn't go after Antonio Conte because you look at the transformation of Tottenham. Um, you know, so will um, you answer your question, JD? No, I don't think he's too big at the moment. It's funny that Matt Doherty, for example, is really flourishing, isn't he, under Conte? He's like being turned inside out. I thought he was going to leave the club at one stage there. It did look like that, and that's probably us looking at it, you know, with our Ireland glasses on, thinking if we want to be flying or we need him flying for Stephen, in argument's sake, that you need him playing regular football. But to be fair to Matt, um, he's stuck at it, and obviously Conte's come in. And look, if if anyone had seen any of Inter Milan's play, he obviously played with the wing back. So it was crucial that, you know, if Matt stuck at it, applied himself well. Um, we know he's fantastic going forward in that wing, wing back position. We've seen that at Wolves multiple times. Um, so fair, you know, fair play to him. I'm delighted for him because you know he is pivotal to you know what Spurs are doing at the moment. I remember football and off the ball brought to you by Sky, the big one, Man City versus Liverpool on Super Sunday live on Sky Sports. I can't believe Arsenal are doing this again. If you're an Arsenal fan, Arsenal nil, Brighton one, <coughs> coming up to half time in the Premier League after the Palace defeat. 
Southampton nil, Chelsea four, and then Watford nil, Leeds one. We'll talk about Arsenal a bit later on. But David, I suppose this is the biggest game in world football tomorrow. Like you can't get bigger than this. Man City, Liverpool. I was going through the Athletic this morning and I'm reading so much uh, copy on this. Uh, how many, uh, Man City and Liverpool have dominated the Premier League from August 2018 to April 2022. Total points, Man City 338, Liverpool 337. And there's a point between them tomorrow. It's just, it's unbelievable. And obviously there's been a lot um, after Jamie Carragher's tweet about this is the biggest Premier League rivalry of all time. There's been a lot of talk about it, but what a game. Um, what Like even they're playing obviously the following week in the FA Cup, but you know, there's there's so much made of it of whoever wins will go on to, you know, win the Premier League title. Um, it's, it's the biggest game of football at the moment, obviously because El Clasico is, you know, down in the drain. Um, it's, you know what, JD, I can't wait. Um, I'm nervous, I'm excited, because obviously it's a huge game and I expect it, expect it sorry, to be, a, you know, an unbelievable spectacle. Two incredible teams, incredible managers. It just has everything. You going? No. Um, I, I've decided to stay at home because I've been away with the wife. Um, so I, um, I'll, I'll save my, my, keep it for another game at a future date. Fair play, fair play. <laughs> Um, will the winner of the match win the title David yes um, I believe so of course look it's only it's only three points or whatever but I think it's the momentum um, both teams are coming in great form obviously both had good wins in the Champions League I just think psychologically it would be it would be massive um, I think if if one team gets the upper hand on the other obviously if Liverpool win they'll go two points clear which will be huge for them. Um, and then obviously Man City are chasing them down. Um, of course, if City win, it's four points. That's two games in the remaining one. So I do feel whoever wins it will go on and win the Premier League title. I was kind of thinking, Johnny and uh, Shane, like who's the better manager, Pep or Klopp? And I, I can't really work that one out in my head, to be honest. They're, they're totally different, Shane, aren't they? Like, I don't know, it's probably like com- comparing you and... I don't know, no. someone not like you anyway, no, no. but... Uh, I, hear the second, I don't want to hear the second half. Maybe Adrian and Leash, you know? I think Shane's more clapped than Guardiola, but they're they're totally different, Shane. Maybe Adrian and Leash, yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> look, the, I suppose the, the fact that they're so different in, in personality and in, in the way they go about things, that's what makes it, I know, like David was saying, just just the excitement, just the excitement as a neutral of being able to sit down and watch this game tomorrow, JD. For me, it's... You know, you're looking at so many different aspects of of the game. Even in terms of, like, you look at your starting eleven tomorrow. I would think that most of us could have a fair stab at the Liverpool one. We probably get somewhere between nine and ten of it fairly nailed on. Um, whereas, should we just have a notion what way Guardiola is going to go about with tomorrow? Because he the chopping and change. I was reading something again. You know, there's so much good stuff at the moment building up to it. I was reading something saying that. If you take Phil Foden, for example, in, in Man City's last four games against uh, Liverpool, Phil Foden has started one on the left, one on the right, one through the centre, and not and been a sub for the other one. And even, again, if you look at the centre forwards, he started a different centre forward in each of his last three games against Liverpool. He's gone with Foden in one game, he's gone with Grealish in another, he's gone with Bernardo Silva in another. So he just you just do not know what you're going to get in terms of how he's going to go about it. Like The last game, obviously, was an absolute cracker, and we can all just hope and pray that we get a game of, of, of that standard again. Um, I think 
the big, big difference. Uh, there's one big pro and there's one big con for Liverpool when you look at the last performance. City absolutely went to town on poor James Milner the last day. Um, Trent was out. James Milner started out right back and you know I've seen targeting of players before but it was just ridiculous how much they went after him and they had huge huge success in that sense but then in front of him you had a Mo Salah one of the best players in the world in banging form and he was obviously absolutely scintillating in that game now if you look at those two positions coming into this one Trent is back uh, so a massive, massive improvement in terms of their situation at right back, whereas Salah's form obviously has taken, uh, you know, a fairly significant dip. Like, if Salah's not on it tomorrow, lads, like, to me, Liverpool half and a hope. Like, I don't see how Liverpool win this game without uh, an 8 or 9 out uh, or 10 out of 10 performance for, for, for Mo Salah. That's, that's where there is a little bit more of a, an over-alliance on one player there than probably there is on any particular one player at, at, at City. But... Like the battle, Trent Alexander-Arnold and and Mo Salah down the right, Liverpool's right hand side against against Joao Cancelo and possibly Phil Foden down Liverpool or City's left hand side, like that's that's as good as it gets. That's as good as it gets for me. Is it that pronounced a dip for Mo Salah, David Myler? I know. I think Shane Shane. Uh, yeah, look, he's he's in a tough run of form. Um, he's not been at the the heights that he's been at for so long. But even I think if Salah isn't performing at the level that we know he can, I think there's enough, there's just plenty to, you know, go wrong with Mane. Um, I expect Jota will start tomorrow. It's certainly with Luis Diaz playing 90 the other night. Um, I definitely think those have enough, you know what I mean, to carry the carry the, the flame forward. I think Liverpool, I think Liverpool will be all right. Uh, Patrick has been in touch on 53106. What's the Liverpool starting front three tomorrow? A huge call for Klopp, David. I'll give it to you. Uh, Salah will play off the right. Mane will play through the middle and Jota will play off the left. Um, obviously, he took Mane, Mane and Salah off um, after an hour the other night. Um, and obviously, Luis Diaz played the entire game. Um, I don't think Firmino, Firmino, unfortunately, has gone to the back of the pack. Um, so I imagine within, you know, probably 25, 30 to go, Luis Diaz will come on for whichever one of them is flagging. Um, if Shane is right, Salah doesn't perform at the level, he'll take him off and he'll play, bring on Luis Diaz. Um but look, that's that's the beauty of Liverpool now, and you know you look at the players that Klopp has, uh, the recruitment of those two, especially in Diaz and Jota, they've been incredible. Um, so there's good there's good you know front three depth there, and they can chop and change. You spoke about the pros and cons for Liverpool. What is the pro and con for City then, uh, Shane? Is it the fluidity? Is it the possession? And is Ruben Diaz not being there a con? Yeah, well, that's definitely a con, John. Yeah, you've definitely hit the nail on the head there and, and Liverpool will take a lot of heart from that one. You could argue that the pro and con um, for City is both revolves around the one position, obviously, and that's that's that centre-forward role. Um, the, the fluidity and, and the fact that they play with the, the false nine and, and how deep he comes, it means they monopolise the ball and it allows them to create fantastic overloads all over the field. But then there are times, no doubt, where they're in around the box and, and, and they're looking to, 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 to get that goal. And you're just thinking, 
you know, if they just had an out-and-out out nine, if they just had an, a, a, somebody who was a pure, you know, sniffer of goals in the way that Aguero was for them for so long. Obviously, Aguero had more than that to his game, but that was his, his, his I suppose, his his main plus was his ability just to, to, to hit the back of the net when you required it most. So, look, it, it, it gives him a complete stranglehold on the game, but on the flip side, does it take away a little, little bit of a, a, a cutting edge for them? You know, obviously... You know they're, they're well courted Harry Kane at the moment. I think we could probably all forget about it if if, if they went and they got a, a player like that. Um, so as much of a hold it gives them on a game at times, I I would they have enough players to give them a hold on the game anyway. G, JD, I suppose is the point I would say. The other five around that and then the the fullbacks coming forward, I think they could sacrifice. Um, you know, one ball player for a guy who just hangs around the eighteen yard box and puts it in the back of the net for me. Do, do, do you think there's any suggestion City will kind of if the game is like it could be fairly cagey if the game is sort of approaching 75 minutes do they kind of just sit off and just like a draw is fine for them yeah the, the, it's it, Liverpool are the ones who are going to have to force the issue obviously um, now when I say force the issue like they will accept because you kind of have to accept when you play against Manchester City that they will have the majority of the ball um, but whereas City will be very, very patient with it and try and monopolise it, Liverpool will go for the kill, I think, very, very quickly every time they have the ball. Um, one, because it's their best style of play, and two, because they have to force the issue because the draw really isn't obviously as valuable as valuable to them. And yeah, it could be a little bit cat and mouse in, in the first half. Liverpool may be sitting off and saying, look, we're happy enough with nil all at time." City could say, we're happy enough with nil all at time," but... I'd caveat that by saying the individual quality of the players on the field means any one of them could do anything absolutely incredible to, to get us a goal within that first half. Yeah, OK. Got to take a break. More on Liverpool and Man City in the Premier League. The showdown, which is live here on News Talk tomorrow. David Myler, Johnny Warden, Shane Keegan after four, between four and five. We're on air till eight because we got commentary later of Munster against Exeter in the Champions Cup. At the moment, it's Toulouse 10, Ulster 7 in the first half. So Ulster doing well in France in that first leg of the last 16 tie in the Premier League. Everton won Man United nil a result half times huge res- game this Arsenal nil Brighton 1 at the break of the Emirates Southampton nil Chelsea 4 and Leeds are 1-0 up away to Watford Aston Villa and Spurs kick off at half 5 in the Championship latest scores half times Blackburn 1 Blackpool nil Bristol City 1 Peterborough nil it's Middlesbrough nil Hull nil Millwall 1 Barnsley nil it is Nottingham Forest 1 Birmingham City nil Preston 1 QPR nil Reading 1 Cardiff nil at half time it is Swansea 2 Derby County 1 and West Brom Nil Stoke won earlier. Sheffield United nil, Bournemouth nil. Off the ball Saturday on News Talk is back after the news with more from David, Johnny, and Shane on Football Saturday. And you're welcome back to Off the Ball Saturday here on News Talk. John Duggan with you through until late because we have commentary of Munster's game away to Exeter in the Champions Cup at half five on this extended show. It is Toulouse 13, Ulster 7 at the moment at half time in France. So good performance in the first half from Ulster. Looking to bring back some type of score to. Raven Hill next week uh, but this is Football Saturday right now David Myler the former Republic of Ireland international Shane Keegan the UEFA Pro Licence coach and Johnny Ward with us uh, as always on a Saturday 53106 for your text you can tweet us out off the ball what's the story tomorrow we got the game live on News Talk exclusive commentary biggest game in the world for me Man City against Liverpool well, how's it going to go what's your opinions what's your questions to the lads uh, we're listening on News Talk you can listen on the radio here you can watch us as well on the uh, social channels and digital channels for Paris Cup on Twitter at Off The Ball YouTube, Facebook and on the OTV Sports app in the Premier League Arsenal losing 1-0 at home to Brighton Southampton 0 Chelsea 4 Watford 0 Leeds 1 
And David Myler, tactically, how do you see this playing out tomorrow at half four? City against Liverpool. What are you looking to see? What are you predicting? Well, we kind of we can kind of guess the Liverpool team, I think. I think it'll be Fabinho, Henderson, Thiago in midfield. I already said the front three. Obviously, the back four kind of picks itself and the keeper. City would be very interesting to see what way they go. Um, like, I'm thinking Rodri would play as a six. I think he'll go Bernardo and Kevin De Bruyne. And then I think he'll play Sterling, Mares and Foden. Uh, Foden will play as a false nine. Because I think the way Liverpool play with their high line, he's probably looking for Foden to kind of drop deep, to be playing balls in behind for someone like a Sterling uh, with the pace he has. Uh, Maris is obviously so skillful and he's quick as well. Um, can I ask you on that, David? Like, can, would, Are they brave enough to go with a proper high line in a game like that? Yeah. Johnny, I would love I would love as a Liverpool supporter to see him like uh, when they go into these types of games to drop off five yards to give mm-hmm. that little bit more respect. But they just have their philosophy. They have their way of playing and they like Jorgen doesn't seem to want to change for anyone. Um, I'd be very, very surprised if they did that. Um, I think, no, don't get me wrong. Shane kind of said he feels that both teams will be a bit cautious early on. I think we'll see fireworks early on. And I think as it goes later into the game, if it is nil all and either team doesn't break the deadlock, um, I think both teams will settle for the draw. Um, I don't think Liverpool will push very hard the last 10, 15 minutes to try and get a winner. So that kind of one will, if we can't win it, we don't lose it mentality. I think they'll be happy to just say, look, we're away from home here. The last thing we need to do is give up a couple of chances here. I don't think they'll throw the kitchen sink on it with 15 to go. Um, it's It has everything. Do you know, it's two fascinating styles, even as we sit here. Like Shane's writing, what he's saying is we can't guess Manchester City starting 11. You just don't know. He could play Grealish. He might not. Um, it's 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 certainly it's certainly going to be an interesting one from lead up once the teams are announced. Is that is that Shane what what makes um, or, or what helps to make like a world class coach? And that as David is saying, you're trying to second guess here. So you do all your as you as you know from your own you know career, you do all your opposition analysis. You do you do your shape. This is how we expect to you know set up against the opponents. But there are, there must be a bit of bluff double bluff going on as well, where like one of these managers wants to throw a rabbit. Um, um, and just just do something different. Like so, is it, does the really good coach kind of adapt to that when he sees it straight away on the pitch and say, okay, well we can we can we can embrace that and we can kind of um, offset that and counter it. Yeah, never mind the poor coaches. God help the the bloody opposition analysts, Johnny. I, yeah. I used to uh, I used to be happy if 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 the, the predicted eleven I'd handed to the manager if if I'd got nine of eleven right, I'd I'd be fairly happy. I'd be aiming for for ten out of the eleven, I suppose. But with City, look. Uh, on, on on the troublesome side, yeah, it's it's almost impossible to predict what the personnel will be. You do well as an opposition manager to get your nine or t- or opposition analyst to get your nine or ten right there, but I suppose the big thing is the playing style will remain pretty similar regardless of who the personnel are. We've all seen what they're doing now. It it you know they say you can't reinvent the wheel. To be fair to Pep, he's still finding ways of 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 being extremely innovative. Um, 
you know, wingers wingers had pretty much died out of the game. Everybody was playing with with inverted wingers, and all of a sudden, Pep appears with with two wingers or two wide players who are told put your heels on on the sideline um, when the ball is in central areas um, and and free that space up for the fullbacks to run into. So their their fullbacks are now playing in essentially playing in the style that we became accustomed to the the inverted wingers playing in, which is just mad to watch, absolutely mad to watch. And I mean, you will see probably a shade when they have the ball of the two centre halves um, and Rodri as a base of three and then take like, just have a guess then where all the other bodies are going to, to appear because the, the fluidity is, is, is just absolutely crazy um, but because they'll know the playing style Liverpool will have worked their socks off all week um, look as I say it's a guessing game as to who the nine is going to be I think it might I think he might go Bernardo Silva that high up the field possibly I'm, I'm, I'm not sure um, but like they they will they'll have been able to work on they'll have been able to work on the training ground there's no doubt about that um Johnny Liverpool or 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 Liverpool will have done a massive massive amount of work and the biggest thing they'll have worked on is th- those transitions there there's no doubt about it who's going to how they're going to go on about exploiting it the spaces in behind the full backs getting the players out wide particularly i think they'll look to get at John Stone's side of the field will we see Kyle Walker maybe play slightly more reserved maybe on that side to give John Stones a little bit more pr- protection quite possible but look there's just so many so so many fascinating tactical battles in there um just mouth-watering, you know? The, the Salah one, JD, has been... I, I don't think... I think if Salah doesn't have a great game, it's kind of hard enough to see Liverpool winning because he's so important mm. to them. I mean, he's been utterly sensational this season. I was so sorry for him with that penalty and all the, the madness from the crowd and all that playing for um, Egypt. Um, I, I mean... I haven't watched them that much of late to say I saw John Aldridge's article where he said he's definitely dropped in form like the games I've seen he's been fine he's still scored 20 goals this season yeah. far more than everybody else they won 10 games in a row I, 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 I think he'll be a fine I think he'll be okay yeah I, I don't know I don't know David though if, if Salah doesn't play well it's kind of hard enough to see Liverpool winning but it's also it's also Johnny when we when we when we Put Salah as playing well. We we initially go for is he scoring? Is he assisting? Right, but he can still he can still have an impact on the game where he can pin Cancelo back um, and he can do enough that if he's not scoring, that he he creates enough problems for them. Of course, as a Liverpool supporter, you want to see Salah grabbing the headlines. He's the one who's going to score the goals, etc. Um, but he can still have such an impact on the game without hitting the heights that he's hit. Like, that's why I say there's enough quality with Mane, Jate, Diaz and Firmino that if he isn't, you know, scoring or assisting that those others can, you know, carry the weight. That's something Liverpool have not had for a long time. And that's why they've not been able to, you know, win multiple trophies in in one year. Um, Like, of course, you want to see your main man firing at all cylinders. And I I do agree with, you know, with John Aldridge in in a certain extent that, you know, there has been a dip in his form. Um, Obviously, the loss against Senegal we've seen the lasers we've seen that going around there's obviously all this talk about his contract um you know even his interview I was a bit like why are you doing an interview leading into this game well you know where he's asked the question will you be staying maybe maybe not Do you know that kind of whole thing you don't you don't need that um but I definitely think there's enough quality in that team um like it's always a great example I look at it you look at Manchester United and you look at you know where the leaders in that team Whereas if you look at Liverpool, like you've got Alisson, who you wouldn't really doubt. Then you've got the Scottish captain left back. 
you know what I mean? You've got the Dutch captain. Like, there's so many captains, the Egyptian captain, the Senegalese captain. You know, there's so many leaders in that team um, that I, I feel if Salah is not firing at all cylinders, he'll still be able to put in a, a big enough performance that the others can then fire. Um, so I think even if Salah doesn't perform at the heights, I still think that Liverpool have enough to, you know, get the job done and get the victory. Danny, what, I, what I would say is I, I do think that that battle will have the biggest influence on the game because... I suppose as a manager, when you come up against a player who is potentially not going to track back, and that's not to say it's lazy, our laziness. I just think which way, which way are, are, are Liverpool going to go about this? Are they going to say to Mo Salah, Mo, we need you coming back with Joe Cancelo when he goes? If that happens, there's a possibility that they neutralise each other a little bit and the game becomes a little bit more cagey. Or hopefully... Klopp says to Mo Salah, listen Mo, we've enough bodies to put in a defensive shift, you stay high, let Cancelo come on to us, and if, if they go with that approach, well now City are going to have lots of chances to, or lots of opportunities to create chances because Cancelo will have that bit more freedom, Liverpool will have far, far more chances because they're brilliantly set up to, to counter-attack every time they turn the ball over um, so I, I think that one above all else has, has potentially got the most influence on the, the tactical battle in the game uh, I think Liverpool need to win this. I'm looking at the run-ins, lads. Like Liverpool have got Man United, Everton, Newcastle, Tottenham, Villa, Southampton and Wolves and City have Wolves, Brighton, Watford, Leeds, Newcastle, West Ham and Villa. I think I think City, if they get a draw tomorrow, are capable of winning all those matches. And Liverpool are capable as well, but Liverpool might have a harder run-in. Oh, but he's your JD. It's, it's, it's games. The two of them, look at the two it's of them. It's not played they're, in paper. Miles, mm. <laughs> exactly. And the two of them miles clear of everyone. They're, they're the two best teams in Europe. In you the know? world, possibly. Like we're, well, yeah, but we, we seem to always gravitate towards Europe, but they are the two best teams in the world. Um, like, I, I would expect, you know, to be such a to- cagey game, but I still expect both teams after this to probably go and win the rest of the Premier League games. Um, do you know what I mean? Liverpool will get up for United. Um, you know those kind of the Everton games. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't look at the run-ins because I still expect both teams. I think whichever one does come out, that's why I said earlier. I think like they'll both win the rest of their games. But I just yeah. think psychologically, this could be the turning point. Statistically, now, like for all for them to win all of their games is definitely unlikely. It's quite unlikely because you mm. know there are a couple of games there. Obviously, the Tottenham game, City of maybe West Ham. Like there are a couple, but um, regardless of what happens, Liverpool season has been like sensational from the position they were in to be in to have the title in their own hands at this stage to be fighting on so many fronts the quadruple is on I don't know I mean whatever happens I mean even if they fell off a cliff at this stage you'd have to laud them for um, the consistency and it's not easy it's not like I think Klopp I think he just really put so much stock in getting the right characters in that dress room and like Man United could not be more different. I mean, David's reference there, I don't think he even mentioned Henderson who's obviously the most obvious leader of them all really. Just these really, really good driven characters who epitomise what that team is about and from the position they were in, like they'll probably win at least one trophy anyway. They're, they're in a good position in the Champions League. I think that's... They're in a better position than City. 
They are, and uh, they'll be in the cup semi final as well next week. Yeah, um, but to be in the to be in the position, and they kind of have the momentum in the league to an extent from the position they were in. But it's a phenomenal achievement um, from them to for Klopp to keep them to keep to, the, all that squad happy and to keep like players like Firmino, who's kind of you know been as David said, he's fallen down the line, but still hungry for success. It's a phenomenal achievement, regardless of what happens. Uh, Chelsea now 6-0 up away to Southampton Southampton throw in these results from time to time but uh, Timo Werner has scored twice uh, including the goal in the second half and Mason Mount making it 6-0 so that's the response after the Real defeat and the uh, Brentford defeat Arsenal nil, Brighton won still in the second half Leandro Trossard at the Emirates Stadium Watford nil leads one uh, with Rafinha on the mark at Vicarage Road Aston Villa and Tottenham kicks off at half five a text in here on 53106 David Myler has Jack Grealish been a flop this season he cost 100 million Can I tell you that at the end of the season, um, on his contribution towards obviously they're they're battling for the their own treble with the Premier League, Champions League. Um, what will his impact be? Obviously, you'd expect him to have a better return in goals and assists. Um, but it takes time to adjust. You know, obviously leaving Aston Villa, you're the main man. Um, he had that thing pressure. You know, he he said that quote recently: "Pressure is a privilege." Um, it will take him time I think you'll see like Manchester City fans will see a far better Jack Grealish next year because he'll understand his teammates a lot more the demands that his manager puts on him um, I wouldn't say it's been a flop but I, I I would have expected more in a team that dominate games so much um, who create so many opportunities his returns haven't been at the level I would have expected of him Possibly the higher altitude you see that's the you're working for Pep. It's it's kind of funny, lads, because uh, I'm reading a lot of stuff. I mean, this game, I just think, is going to be absolutely incredible tomorrow. I can't wait for it. Um, but this might be like, it's coming towards the end in a way for them because like Klopp's been there since 2015. Pep's been there since 2016. Pep's meant to go in 2023. What next year? Klopp's meant to go in 2024. This could be the high watermark for the, the Liverpool City rivalry, you know? And they've scored in the last five games in the Premier League, there have been four goals and at least for the games so I'm expecting goals tomorrow I'm expecting the best of world football I just can't wait for it that, that's the thing like this the lads around with Man United and how far they're off you know if if, if some things kind of align you could easily see Liverpool and or Man City like just start to go backwards once those managers leave because they've been so so pivotal to what they've done um, and it's very very hard to maintain that you know you talk about Grealish like I, I don't think some Man City players really enjoy playing under Pep I think it, it's so so intense um, and there was a great line in the Guardian today where it's like Klopp basically understands that football is not everything in life. Guardiola kind of understands that, well, it kind of is, you know, and that that is like he's... The Shankly mode. Yeah, he's totally, but like even more so. It's just he's so... Um, and you see some some players probably can't really cope with it. And I, I do wonder, is Grealish kind of, I don't know, is he in love with the, the Guardiola regime? He was at Villa where he was the, the big fish in the small pond. It's not like that now, but you could see like th- these teams, their futures are not set in stone. Salah's obviously, he may even leave. So like it's not, things can change quickly. They're obsessed, aren't they, David Myler, in different ways, Klopp and uh, Guardiola? No, 100%. Um, you always kind of see with your, uh, with um, Pep, he always seems to have that kind of burnout after a couple of years because he is so intense. The demands he puts on his players of every day. Um, he tries to joke it off about, do you remember when um, it was Grealish and a few City players had an incident where they were, Jack was supposedly seen stumbling out of a bar and he said he was annoyed because they didn't invite him. Um, but he seems to be, it's just 100% football and anything else comes after, whereas Jürgen has kind of found the balance 
and he's you know he's created this incredible atmosphere throughout you know the city of Liverpool. Um, there's just this he has this aura, um, and everyone you know associated with Liverpool loves and appreciates him. But there's that love and appreciation appreciation that works both ways. Um, they're two unique, fascinating managers, two incredibly different styles in a way. Um, and I think you're spot on that if both of them were to leave in a few years, you know, Liverpool might not hit those heights again for a while. Um, likewise with City. Anything anecdotal that you've heard from players who play for them, David, uh, you know, about is it enjoyable to play for Pep? Is it, is it playing for Klopp that they just they can't wait to get into the training ground every day? Anything that you hear? Well, you hear you hear various things. Um, of course, look, it's it's well documented. I've, I have a few friends that play with Liverpool. Um, I've spoken about it a numerous times, but there's that there's that warmth and love. Um, do you know, it's there's there's different things that Jurgen has done where he invites. You know, he he puts on things for the wives of all the players to bring their children around his house where they throw something on for them. There's that cre- he he's created that family atmosphere. And it's it's not just the players and the demands he puts on them, but there's 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 things where he he involves the families. You know, you you hear of you know the, Sir Alex knew every player. Um, he knew their wives, he knew their children. He knew everything about every player. And there seems to be that bit. Obviously, with Pep, I haven't heard as much in detail, but there has to be. I think there has to be that buzz of playing for a big club. Um, it's kind of those demands that are put on you, like. You know, I, I speak to Jordan regularly and it's kind of like, it's like you're in a hotel, you're back, you're training, you're recovering. It's it's any down, any downtime you have, you want to spend with your wife and your children or whatever. Um, and that's that's the that's the pressures of playing for one of the big clubs. There's no kind of what I like to call outside noise. It's just you're in a privileged position where you commit everything to it. Um, and they both... Both managers are fascinating and they get those demands out of the players. That's why we're seeing the standard of football we're seeing. And like, I, I think, Shane, you can't, that can't be contrived either, Shane. I mean, it was at the game in Talca last night. Stephen Kenny was in the stand and and Jim Crawford, like, I mean, two of the good guys in football, I think. And, you know, Stephen Kenny, a lot of attention on him, stopping for fans. And part of me then is thinking, like, Damien Duff, what it must be like for the Shell as players to want to you know, make Damien Duff happy and the the, added, the 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 effort they put in for him. But like, I guess that, like that will wash, that won't wash after a while unless it's real. And I guess managers have to be, for that to work, you have to be an inherently good person. Yeah, like you can put on, I suppose what you're hinting at there is you, you can put on a front for so long, can't you? But it, it can only ever put be put on for so long and, and the mask will eventually slip and, and, and the real you will emerge. So, like, you don't have the longevity that those two managers have already had um, and plenty more to come from them without... Yeah, you're, you're, who you are as a person comes true. There's no doubt. You can't hide who you are as a person. And and there is, look, JD, I did the, I did the um, paper review with you a couple of weeks ago when we were reading the McAteer piece, remember? And he, he passed yeah. a couple of interesting comments um, in relation to the kind of person Klopp was that he could be in a hotel and and he could randomly phone up like the sound guy from L from from Liverpool TV because he likes to have a pint with him. He's go crack like and he'll just come down <laughs> to the bar and meet up with him and, and have a pint with him. And I suppose from the outside 
outside looking, that is kind of the thing we might have expected from him. He does strike you as that kind of fella who, you know, I don't care who you are, you know, if I think you're a bit of a bit of a bit of crack, I'll go and have a pint with you. Whereas it's very, very, it's very, very hard to see uh, a situation where Pep would have would have put himself into it. Pep is probably upstairs playing playing chess against somebody, you know. Um, but you're you're judging people on these little tidbits that you get um, here and there so you are but, but there, as, look as we keep saying it, it's so so interesting because they are such fascinatingly different, different characters but also do you know what I really really like about it I like that I like the level of mutual respect that they have for each other like the whole Pep Jose thing it was great for drama but like that becomes a bit tiring so it does and, and it all becomes a little bit pantomime the fact that these two guys now look they'll bark at each other on the sideline tomorrow if there's a 50-50 that they disagree with but I do think they both have a genuine admiration for each other as they should have they both recognise the qualities that that, that each other have um, and I, 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 I like that I think that adds to the to the whole uh, situation between the two clubs Well they deserve a huge amount of credit because Josie's finished now as, a, as, a, as an elite level manager you'd have to think that Pep and Jurgen are still up there they're right at the top yeah, the, the stuff about um, Doherty as well, kind of... And Conte's there as well, I would say. Yeah, in terms of at the top. Yeah, I think that, you know, Jose didn't evolve. Um, you, you just, you have to evolve as a manager. The game is changing. I mean, what was the line again in the Guardian piece? I Apologies, I don't know the writer, but it was like that Norwich would, you know, batter the 1991... Yeah, Jonathan Lewis piece. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that Norwich would batter the Man United team of the early 90s, the 1991. Yeah. And he, that's... But this game. is football engineering tomorrow. It, this is yeah, engineering. This engineering. Like, whatever you, whatever's going on outside, and we, sometimes we talk about, like, whatever we believe about City or whatever, or the wealth of the game and the mm. money. This, on the pitch for the 90 minutes, this is the best football you'll ever see I want to see that's ever been played yes I want to see City Liverpool a couple of years ago when Mahrez missed the penalty at Anfield and the quality of the first touches and the ball like it's 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 chocolate ice cream lads if, if, if you're at the game you, <laughs> I think you have to be at the game no, to understand just, how just, fast it is to see the, the mo- say, like, like I'm closing my eyes here just, I'm just like even dreaming the, the, yeah. to hear the, to see the movement of the slickness of the passing mm. like the, the lack of mistakes yeah. the lack of mistakes is the one thing like as you mentioned it's, I mean, it's the, also it's a, sorry David yeah. sorry sorry it's also the speed of it. Yeah, it's that's a, it's the biggest striking. thing. It's 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 a hundred mile an hour. No, it's 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 the movement. It's 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 almost effortless. Like people don't like watching watching a game on telly is one thing, but when you're in, like as you highlighted there, JD, when you're at the game, it's the speed in which they move. Like as Shane touched on there, the transitions and whatever, right? But if Liverpool are attacking, right, the ball breaks. Kevin De Bruyne has the ability to put a ball in a sixpence, mm. like a 50, 60-yard ball where Sterling or one of those, whoever it may be, Foden, Grealish, Mares, Jesus, whoever it might be, he's the ability. And that's something that you kind of lose on watching football on the telly. Did you, know, you have a like, game where, like, did you have a game where you were playing you were just like, uh, the opposition just like literally blew you away and you were chasing, chasing shadows in terms of the quality of it? Yeah. Um, the first the first time it was evident was um, I was at Sunderland and I'm going to say it was my third or fourth game in the Premier League and we played Chelsea away. Now that had your John Terry's Frank Lampard's Ashley Coles, uh, Maluda Drogba, Anelka. Like that was the, I would have said probably Mourinho was manager. Uh, we lost 7-2. We were 5-0 down at half time. And it was just like, I remember myself and Jordan played in the middle of the park and we went up against Lampard and Balak. And it was just like, wow, like they must have been thinking like this is I'm just playing against kids here. Mm. 
like and you have all the effort and endeavor and you're like I remember I was charging around trying to get close to people but they just went pop 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 round and take you out of the game and you're like okay I might have to sit in here for five or ten minutes here and leave the gameplay in front of me but it's like that's the the beauty of watching Manchester City is it's it's the it's the movement of the players. They overload one side where they bring three or four players, like Shane will know from his analysis or whatever, but the nine they play will come will come short. And then a centre half is like, do I step out? Do I not? They create so many different problems that like wouldn't the midfield players will drift over to the wing, the winger will come inside, the full back pushes forward. They create little overloads of triangles and movements, and players are just lost. They just don't know how to deal with it because albeit the players are only taking up different positions. You should technically hold your shape, but it's very difficult when it's happening in the moment and players are moving. Um, and that's that's something that, you know, Pep has been able to bring to the Premier League that we've never seen before. Like there'll be snippets of stuff you'll have seen throughout. He's not reinvented the wheel of, but it's it's definitely the speed of it and the intensity of it and the quality has just gone up level year on year. David, it's 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 interesting. The first bit you said there about you, you know, bustling around and 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 trying to get your tackles in, but it's it's just moving too fast. Like I know it's all di- different level different levels here, but I don't know if you heard the stat when 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 our Dundalk side played uh played Arsenal in the Europa League, um, and the stat came out after the game that it was the first time in Europa League history that a team had gone an entire game without making a foul. And this seemed to be something that people were lauding. You know, fair play to Dundalk. They couldn't make it. They couldn't get close enough to kick them. That was the, <laughs> the single reason why there was no foul. Like, yeah. Yeah, and that's and that's and that's that's the that's the thing is, there's levels to it, and we've seen that you know time and time in like whether we watch you know the League of Ireland, we watch the Premier League, we watch international. The players and the quality just goes up. And it's, it is so difficult because when a team, like I've played against the great Manchester City team where they just keep the ball. Um, I scored at the Etihad years ago um, and then Milner scored a free kick. And it was just like, wow, like, you know, we were pinned in, I think we had 17% possession or something. <laughs> and like, it's just, there's nothing you can do. And it's so mentally tiring um, physically, like playing in those games. It was never a problem. I could get up and down the pitch all day long. That's That was one of my main attributes. But the whole thing of shifting side to side, not being out of position, all that, it's just, it's its like this, when I say there's levels to it, it's like watching on telly is one thing, being in a stadium is another, but being on the pitch, it's its its unbelievable. Like the, the speed they move at, um, it's incredible. We saw, we saw it again the other night, didn't we? Because like, I can just, you must be going to bed with a headache after a game like that, David, because the, the attention levels, just knowing that switch off for half a second here and you're going to be done. And, and that's what we saw the other night with, with City and, 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 and Atletico. I mean, Atletico are arguably the, one of the best teams in the world at doing this, but it just, you know, it took a split second, a split second, as good and all as they were doing it, a split second for Foden to find that little pocket of space and bang, you're undone. You must, uh, seriously, playing against these clubs, you know, if you're in defensive mode, you, you'd be going to bed with the Anadans, you really would, because uh, oh. your head would be thumping. Or you'd, you'd have about 12 points in you after. <laughs> um, but that's the, what you call it. But even... Yeah, but even if you look at it, right? Like, even if you look at City's goal the other night, look at the position Phil Foden picks up. He's got four bodies around him where you think, me there, right, as a six, you're kind of going, I don't mind you having the ball there because we've got we've got numbers here. You're covered. But it's that, like, 
that ability to take his first touches right, his second touches right, he slips a perfectly weighted pass to, to De Bruyne and he just creams it that you're like, it's just bit like you're spot on, Shane. It's like those little moments that, you know, the quality of player just goes up levels and it's just, it's phenomenal. I remember that uh, off football and off the ball brought to you by Sky. It's the big one, Man City versus Liverpool on Super Sunday, live on Sky Sports. The door has been opened by Arsenal for Tottenham against Aston Villa at half five because it is Brighton to Arsenal nil now at the Emirates Stadium with uh, Enoch and Wepu getting the second goal for the Seagulls. Chelsea six at Hampton nil and Leeds have scored again, subject to VAR. Two nil up now away to Watford in the Premier League. Just before we go to the break, lads, Shane Keegan call it tomorrow, Man City, Liverpool briefly. I am going to go with City 2-1 Johnny draw it's just it's. Uh, I think it'll I think a draw is so logical here because I think Liverpool won't be that unhappy with it City will be very happy with it and as you say for three years it's been very little to split them draw David Myler I know where the heart says but what does the head say call it um, I'm torn between 3-2 Liverpool or 4-3 Liverpool you go for I these mad scores you, like 4-3 where are you getting this from this does not happen anymore I hope you're right I hope you're right I, I think it's going I think it's going to be boom bang everything <laughs> I think it's going to be two two managers to just let them off the leash and I think it's just going to go all over the place like defensive mistakes of like say a defender dribbling up with the ball trying to control possession losing it boom goal I've just I'm expecting all sorts. I think we've got an unbelievable today. day of sport tomorrow. We indeed. Well, and it's all live here on News Talk, where we've got live commentary as well of the game with uh, Stephen Doyle and Brian Kerr tomorrow. So we're on air till eight tonight with the Munster Extra game. We're on air from one till seven tomorrow. There's no other place to be than News Talk and Off the Ball this weekend. And we're back after this. And you're welcome back to Off the Ball Saturday here on News Talk. John Duggan with you through until eight this evening on this extended show because we're bringing you live commentary of Munster's match away to Exeter in the Champions Cup. And Ulster are having a brilliant day. They're losing, but if you consider it's a two-legged tie in the last 16, it's Toulouse 13, Ulster 12, with Robert Balakoon scoring two tries for Ulster and Toulouse are down as well to 14 players. Uh, Juan Cruz Malia sent off earlier in the game. So Ulster... There were 23 minutes to go, the right chance of winning this game with an extra player and they're attacking there in the Toulouse 22. So Ulster could be going to back to Belfast with a lead in that last 16 tie. we got commentary of Exeter and Munster at half five with Conor Morris and Andy Dunn doing the call. Uh, this is Football Saturday. Until then, uh, with David Myler, Johnny Ward and uh, Shane Keegan, uh, you can text us on 53106. Uh, we got a text in here. Uh, hi lads, whilst I find your discussion on Liverpool City very interesting, I must take you up on a comment about either of those two teams to beat United of the early 90s. If the rules of the game as of now are enforced, then probably, but the game back then was 100 times tougher, United would have kicked them from one end of the pitch to the other. Had the pace to catch them on the counter-attacks, you're comparing apples and oranges, not the same game now, says Connor Waterford, who adds, I bet you won't re- read this out. Now, I think it was Jonathan Lewis article. He wasn't talking about the teams, he was talking about Norwich. Norwich today would beat the Manchester United team of 30 years ago, and I completely agree with them. The game has has radically moved on um, I mean if you watch a Gaelic football game people will bemoan Gaelic football and say you know it's Ulster have got a try they're ahead now 17-13 Johnny absolutely flying Cooney missed his last kick he'll get this one um, 
which would give them an, an incredible cushion. And you'd imagine with, with 22 minutes left of the score game, it's an extra man. But yeah, like the games, it just moves on so fast. Like the game's evolving so fast. I, Alex Ferguson was talking about um, Stephen Kenny during the week and he referenced that. He just said things are changing so quickly that um, it's hard to kind of uh, evolve, which is something he did as a manager, I think. Um, well, he evolved because he um, was able to change his coaching staff regularly. That's what he, I think one of the key things and underplayed things about Ferguson. Mm. Steve McLaren, when they won the travel, he'd uh, Ryan Kidd before that, then Carlos Kier. Well, so yeah. I think like it was not only reinventing the team, it was reinventing the staff around him. Um, that was was crucial. And I think that when I see City and I see Liverpool, I see organisations that are much slicker and light years ahead of what Man United are doing in terms of the people that are around Pep, the people that are around Klopp, like some of the writing on this game and like the Athletic, for example, talking about the, the, the industry of what's around these managers and like uh, Pep Linders and uh, Michael Edwards was it, who I know is leaving now at Liverpool and, and all the nuts and bolts that has to go into running a football club successfully. And you'd know, David, you'd know having played for clubs, I'm sure that are well run and well oiled uh, versus clubs that are not. The difference is not about the top man necessarily all the time as well. No, um, I look at, look, there was a, a survey done there after Hull was sold that it was one of the most well-ranked clubs um, out of the, the 92 in uh, England. Um, and you could see that, okay, if any Hull fan watches that, there was obviously a massive fallout between the owner and the fans. But then I went to, I obviously left Hull and I went to Reading and you could see the problems that lied there. Um, it was something like 42 senior players, far too many players. The club couldn't shift players on just created an awful dynamic around the place um, and you can see that now it's been even as you look at Reading now the problems are still on, ongoing and considering this August I retired three years ago so that's when I first went you know um, so you can see that and if club was well ran um, it, it, it just gives everyone inside the potential to you know go on and do something or be successful and you can see that certainly with you know, Liverpool and Manchester City, as opposed to, the, you say, Manchester United, when they were dominating because everything was, you know, Sir Alex had control of everything and everything was ran accordingly. Um, and that was the way, it's almost the way clubs need to be yeah. know, going now. Now stay tuned to our coverage of Sweden against Ireland next Tuesday, including the full build-up to the game across all the OTB channels on Monday and Tuesday with Ashley O'Reilly and Julianne Russell in Sweden, as well as full match commentary with Nathan Murphy and Dora Gorman on Tuesday night, all with thanks to Sky, proud partner of the women's national team. Out believe together and we can go anywhere. It's Ulster 19, Toulouse 13 in the Champions Cup in France in that first leg. Grand National goes to post at 5.15. Uh, we also have in the Premier League, Chelsea 6, Southampton 0. Leeds have scored again 3-0 away to Watford maybe that might make them safe and Arsenal nil Brighton to a shock score line from the Emirates you were at Talca Park as you were saying there last night Johnny for Shelburne and Shamrock Rovers Aaron Green Aaron Green 2-1 um, win I spoke about this on late night LOI with Shane um, and Aaron Green he used to play for Galway United back in the day and we would have been a big fan of him as a player because of um, his qualities but he got a goal in Europe JD and it was against um uh, could be Limassol maybe one of the who, do you remember who that was again Shane no I can't I'm trying to think now no Applewell maybe go on. Um, you can google it there but he got a goal yeah in um, and actually Ro- Rovers were in a really good position because they had an extra man and they they went out in the tie but Jack Byrne played this ball to him and it was, it was it was as good a strike as you will see like top top bins and Aaron Green an unbelievable goal and last night was similar JD he he um 
collected the ball from Danny Mandroyo. Both of them came off the bench and, and decided with this cracking shot. And his goal conversion rate for the chances he's had for Shamrock Rovers is, is just it's so poor because he's one-on-ones and he's missed so many good chances. Despite the fact for Shamrock Rovers, I think in terms of his general play uh, and he scored goals, he didn't score nearly enough. He's been a really good striker for them. But again, I was thinking this year, like he and Ronan Finn, particularly Aaron Green, I was thinking his legs aren't what they were. I was thinking he's kind of surplus to requirements. Massive goal last night because if Derry City uh, beat Finn Harps to the, tonight at five o'clock, I think it is, that that would have meant to eight points that they would have been ahead of Shamrock Rovers. It's a fair bit, fairly big gap, and you've Jack Byrne who was sort of. I think he was kind of on the fringes of the game, did some good things, but he was by no means a central player. And there were some aspects of the game you're like, geez, I'm not sure about Rovers here. The, I, I love the experience. So Tolka Park was sold out. There was a massive buzz beforehand. The place was rocking when Shelburne scored. Damien Duff and Joey O'Brien, I, they, they just looked like they were totally immersed in it, um, despite the, the standards that they've played at in the Premier League or whatever. And um, it was a great game, but I don't know, Shane. I was thinking like... If if Rovers if Rovers and considering that they dominated the first hour of the game, if they didn't win that game, you're just sort of thinking, well, eight points is a, is a lot potentially. It would. Uh, firstly, the goal was against Limassol, Johnny. Limassol, That's what yeah. it was. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, look, it would. There's no doubt an eight point gap would have would have been extremely uh, extremely difficult for them to start reeling in, even with so much time to go. So it was a huge, huge goal. And I suppose just to build on what you've said there. The brilliant thing about the league this year is that so many teams would, I don't know what the way to describe it is, would regard their club as being in a, in a good place at the moment. Mm. Um, you know, there's expectation, there's expectation in probably all bar three of the clubs. Like, there's an expectation amongst Drogheda, Finn Harps and UCD probably just to see if they can avoid relegation. And then outside of that, the other seven teams will all fancy their chances of at Europe least making Europe and yeah. probably Yeah, and three or four of them obviously will, will think they'll they'll do even aim to do even better than that. So there's a real positivity amongst the vast majority of fans heading to games. There's expectation there, um, so there is. And look, the, the season is off to a, a really, really good start. And you'd love to think that that momentum will stay building can over I, the can, rest of it. Can I just ask you as well, like what, what, what really interests me, JD, is I know you, you, you take it when you go to a League of Ireland Premier Division game. OK, it's not the Premier League. It's not the Champions League. That's fine. But the, the level of the coaching, JD, JD like you're, you're looking at it there last night, like Rovers had two wingbacks that were basically playing like straight strikers at times they were that high up Andy Lyons scored Andy Lyons who was and, mm. and, and you're such a good friend of Johnny Lyons his, his, his uh, uncle I thought Andy Lyons like his his goal was phenomenal they were so high up the pitch chain and you're looking at like there, there are Derry, these Derry, are, Derry, doing, Derry doing the exact same mm. Johnny Ronan Boyce Ronan Boyce effectively is doing for them what Andy Lyons is, is, is doing so yeah again and Andy Lyons is playing like if you were to tell me JD that he'd be playing as a left wing back and like but he's normally a right side of he's, 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 he, like to me he's looking very right footed and he's, his goal was such a good goal and this, in the first half after that Richie Towell had a very good first half the Rovers did this brilliant brilliant move and it was like the lads were on about Man City and the game against Chelsea that um, David played like Rovers just they passed the ball these little pockets and Shelburne were just they were legless they were just they left his hole ball went to Richie Towell he was kind of how will I put Andy Lyons in here and he dinked this little ball over and I was like Andy Lyons is going to score here and this is one of the best goals I've seen in a long time the League of Ireland the pass move and he just pulled the wide and he lines in the second half he dinks his header just wide and I'm like where did this come from he's absolutely reveling in Shane he is ah, look he's a, we were saying last night he's a fine fine player Johnny he's probably the one that's 
kind of really jumping out at the moment mm. in terms of the start of the season. He's, you know, maybe a couple of the Derry boys patching obviously has got off to a great start. But I mean, if you're picking your player of the season at the moment, Lions is 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 probably taking it, and he just seems to have really really taken the Stephen Bradley system um, and and as we said last night it must be absolutely good wrenching for Bohemians fans to see what he's doing you know it's, it's almost a thing as well briefly JD like there were um, as I said Stephen Kenny was there um Jim Crawford was there um, Minister Chambers was there um, Robert Watt who's pr- probably quite a famous civil servant I think he must be a Shells fan I've seen him at a couple of Shells games there were all these personalities were they there. could invest in uh, Irish football then Oscars. yeah well you know Dermot Desmond has invented Rovers Shells have gotten investment and um, I just hope that it's it stays at a level where last night you could just feel so much part of it like I don't feel any part of Man City the way that they've bought success however they've managed that I, I don't feel any part of that I, if I were you know if I were a young kid growing up in Manchester maybe I'd support them but like as I get older I'm like well it, it, whereas last night you can relate to it these are normal people that like they're not paid Ronaldo's on half a million a week you know it's it's hard to relate to that whereas these lads are, are modest money and Damien Dove isn't doing it for the money Robert Balakun's got a hat-trick of tries for Ulster and that extra man has been a huge boon for them because they lead to lose now 24 points to 13 in the Champions Cup last 16 first leg he would have got a big odds in that today and Ulster are going to go back to Belfast now with a significant lead and a chance to get to the quarterfinals of the Champions Cup as an intercept try from Balakun. brilliant stuff in the sunshine there he is quick there. he is, he is he, seriously he's, quick he's a speedster um, Arsenal nil Arsenal just scored maybe too late uh, 2-1 now against Brighton at the Emirates Stadium they pull one back uh, 90 minutes on the watch the goal coming from Odegaard uh, it is Leeds 3 Watford nil with a goal from Jack Harrison they should be safe after that result Chelsea 6 Southampton nil. a good fight back from Chelsea today in the championship uh, Sheffield United nil, Bournemouth nil. a result Blackburn 1 Blackpool 1 is the latest coming up to full time these games Bristol City 1 Peterborough 1 Middlesbrough nil. Hull 1 it's Millwall 4 Barnsley 1 it's Nottingham Forest 2 Birmingham City nil. Preston 2 QPR nil. Reading 1 Cardiff 2 Swansea 2 Derby 1 and Callum Robinson scored for West Brom but they trail Stoke by 2 goals to one in the championship in Scotland Celtic hammered St Johnston 7-0 this afternoon Aberdeen nil. Ross County one is the latest Dundee United 2 Dundee 2 in the derby there the Tay derby it is Hearts 3 Hibernian 1 at the moment and Livingston 2 Motherwell 1 David Myler same old Arsenal I thought they turned the corner but unless they can get the equaliser it's same old Arsenal it is um, obviously you know the disappointing result against Palace um, and now today you'd expect you'd expect a reaction from them. Um, obviously, they were very disappointing. I watched the game against Palace. They had no flow. Um, like there was a crazy stat that Lacazette hasn't scored in open play in I think it's 800 minutes. Um, and obviously that goes on today um, as their number nine. Um, it's just you know the wheels are falling off here. Um, they need to turn around. Obviously, Spurs are up now in the next you know 40 minutes. If they get a result against Aston Villa, um, then it's it's going to just look awful for Arteta, especially with, you know, not having European football this season. That was kind of like, oh, we can focus on the league, but they need to sort of, you know, they need to sort of form up for the remaining games. Otherwise, they could curtail off into the Europa League. Uh, teams are in for that game. Aston Villa, Spurs, uh, Villa, Martinez in goal, Cash, Conza, Mings and Dean, uh, Douglas, Louise, John McGinn and Coutinho and Ramsey in the middle. 
and then Watkins and Ings up front so Ings back in the team for Spurs the same team Lloris and then the back three of Dyer, Romero and Davies Matt Doherty on the right uh, of Hoybier uh, Bentoncourt and then Emerson well actually Doherty will play on the left today won't he with uh, Emerson in the team and then Son, Kulisevsky and Kane I'm actually feeling hopeful probably for the first time on Off the Ball Saturday since August uh, Shane Keegan about Tottenham Two things there, JD. Firstly, let's see can uh, can Matt Doherty try uh, give an Andy Lyons style performance um, coming in off that left. Second thing, before we go on to the game, um, get onto Twitter, get a look at Kenny's kids. Lads, Troy Parrott has scored an absolute again, peach. again. Abs- it's it, it, an absolute two peach. in a row, two in a row. Oh, it's a it's a cracker. It's a volley coming down out of sky out of the sky that rockets in off the under part of the crossbar. It's a it's a serious strike. Uh, so it is but yeah the game itself um, big opening now after that result John I don't think you did a very good job of disguising your delight there every time you call out the Brighton result <laughs> so the door the door is well and truly open for us but uh, I suppose but we're, we'd be kind of similar to Arsenal fans wouldn't we every time we feel that the door is open or every time we feel like we're on a, a run of good form we feel like that's when, when, when we fail to deliver so fingers crossed we get it right this afternoon I'd never be accused of bias in the show of a completely <laughs> impartial person <laughs> Uh, David and Shane thanks so much David look enjoy tomorrow I know it's a big one for you yeah um, I'll be up at 6 o'clock in the morning to watch the Australian Grand Prix um, kids are at the in-laws so I'll watch that then I'll watch Norwich and Burnley um, then obviously the big one and then, the Masters. and then I'll watch the final of the Masters yeah so your wife must on, do not love disturb. you your wife must love you hey what you want Johnny 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 I, I made it clear from day one. Um, I I grew up in a sport, you know, crazy household where sport was always on and nothing has changed here. If we yeah. go out, our Sundays are shaped around the football. Obviously, okay. my kids are with the in-laws, but there you go. David, Shane, Johnny, brilliant stuff. Thanks, Thanks so much, guys. And uh, we've got to take a break. we got to go. Uh, we got commentary of Extra and Munster coming up.